Hey, everybody. This is certainly an interesting time, huh? What I'm going to be doing for you all is scouring old and new interviews from Minisodes. Stay healthy, y'all, and stay away from each other. You do meet Christ in the poor all the time. It's all true. All that stuff we say we believe, it's actually true. <laughs> and I, it amazes me every single time, and I give thanks to God every single time. This is Made for Love, a Catholic podcast about real people living out the call to love. I'm your host, Sarah Perla. Today's mini-episode is about finding Christ on the streets of the city. Not right now, people. Don't go giving people the virus. I'm in New York. Our office is in Midtown Manhattan, and so I am constantly overwhelmed by people. <laughs> um, they're obviously commuting, and it's amazing to me how many people you can see. This is Catherine Jean Lopez, or Kalo. Catherine is the senior fellow at the National Review Institute and editor-at-large at National Review. And if you follow her on Twitter, you know that she often asks for prayers for people that she meets. How often do you meet somebody on the street when you're walking down? So often. You know, St. Patrick's Cathedral um, a couple of days ago, Fifth Avenue, some of the wealthiest real estate stores I feel like I can't even walk into because I will never have enough money to walk through the door, I feel like, you know. And you have homeless people sprawled out, uh, sprawled out on the street. Just the other day, there was a, a young man with a, a, a book and a Tupperware with pennies in it. And he had a sign, please help me. He was sort of startled that I even wanted to talk to him. Um, sometimes I think people are so used to being ignored. And so when you say hello, you know, or what's your name? I'm Catherine, you know. They do seem to be startled. Catherine works right in the heart of New York City. In the dictionary, you could have a picture of the block that my office is on in National Review. One of my colleagues said it looks perpetually like a garbage truck exploded. It's exactly what Pope Francis is talking about when he talks about the throwaway culture. She has many stories to share about the people she has met on the street over the years. Saturday morning, I was on the Lower East Side coming from Mass, and I noticed a man who was collecting cans. And he looked just so down, and I said, good morning. And he walked past me, and then he sort of paused and turned around, and he said, did you say good morning to me? I mean, I wanted to cry. Yeah, yeah, of course I said good morning to you. I asked him how he was doing, and he said, you know what, so-so. Have you ever had one of those days, like, not that great, but not terrible? <laughs> I asked him his name, he told me, and I said, my name's Catherine, and he's, he, like, he looks up into the sky, and he says, and he has this great smile on his face. He said, I have not heard that name in years. My high school girlfriend was named Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> and he, again, he can't, like, get rid of this smile. And he, he, he said, I haven't thought about those years in so long. They were such beautiful times. That's a perfect example of an encounter. A real person-to-person, 
face-to-face moment of shared humanity that is sadly all too uncommon. One day, leaving a church where she had just gone to confession, Catherine met another soul. There's this man standing, being ignored, asking for iced coffee. Like, do you have money for iced coffee? (laughs) I'm watching people before me, just like ignoring him. And how can you ignore such a specific request? (laughs) Like, yeah, sorry. You're feeling unproductive in a day? All right, I can do iced coffee. (laughs) Of course, I do wind up going in and spilling it all over myself, but it it was hysterical. But he was, he was so grateful. And, and he also, I remember in that case, I asked him if he wanted to go in with me and pick something out and make his own iced coffee, you know, um, because I don't know if he wants sugar or milk or whatever. And he said, no, no, actually, I, I want to keep my spot here if you wouldn't mind going in. And so, so I did and, and picked up some other stuff, as I recall. I think Band-Aids and lotion and some cookies, something like that. Soft cookies. And she doesn't only find people in need on the streets. Actually, I remember a couple of months ago, I was at New York Airport really early in the morning. There was this pregnant woman, very pregnant woman, and her her husband. And they were living at the airport because they had lost their apartment. You You sort of got the sense, I don't know if I'm caricaturing, but... She was probably the more responsible one. He was adjusting to being homeless, you know. <laughs> and, and she wasn't quite, but she was trying to find a way to get out of this mess, you know, was sort of the impression I got from the conversation. At that particular time, I had had a financial thing that I just, it, it, it was a little overwhelming. And I had the thought, that could be me, <laughs> you know. That could very be, easily be me or someone I love. Catherine learned some of this attitude of kindness and mercy from her father. I remember my dad once, and I grew up in New York City, so um, this is the environment I know. We were at a bus stop, and a man came up to him and had some story about how he needed $20 to get to New Jersey and how he had just been released from prison, and he had this whole story. And I said to my dad after, after he gave him the money, how do you know if that's true? And he said, well, it might be. Sometimes it is clear that the other person doesn't have the purest intentions. This is the only time in my life I was offered drugs. <laughs> but he immediately saw me wearing a cross and he said, Oh, I'm so sorry. You're a good Christian woman. Will you please pray for me? And to this day, I pray for Steve because that was, that was, that was memorable on a lot of levels. One of the things Kalo and I talked about was how she is able to minister to people on the street in a special way because she's a woman. And I do think a lot of people, too, respond to you differently because you're a woman, too. I have some very loving male colleagues, but they probably wouldn't get hugged at at various times by men they don't know on the street. For sensitive people like Catherine, seeing so much need every day is a challenge. Some days I'm completely overwhelmed. It helps that I really am praying for them. It helps that I know other people are praying for them. The question before a Christian walking around is not whether another person deserves help or not. Do I show love or not? And when you think about the gratuitous love of God, right, you have no right to be stingy at all. Catherine gets annoyed when people compliment her about these acts of charity. 
they'll say, oh, you're just so nice giving your granola bar, your banana to the homeless people. No, no, no. I am being changed by these people. This is Christ ministering to me. She also knows a deeper truth, that homelessness isn't the only kind of suffering. And there is no difference between the man down the block who nobody wants to talk to and the most well-dressed man with a good job. They're both suffering in some way. And I used to think people had it all together, you know. Oh yeah, well he, someday I'll have it together like him. No, he doesn't have it together either. Here are some practical tips. I try to usually have something that somebody with bad teeth could eat. You know, it might be my lunch, but I can give it to somebody with bad teeth. And I learned that the hard way. I've had so many strategies for how I'm going to deal with being in an urban setting. I know one time I had like Ziploc bags with towelette and, you know, toothpaste and toothbrush and band-aids and hand lotion, hand, like hand lotion from, from hotels because I travel so much. So in my better days, I have like a whole kit and a little note. And there's a prayer card that our Sunday visitor has with Pope Francis just reaching into the crowd and, and hugging a man. I think it was the disfigured man early on in his pontificate with a prayer for, about discipleship and love. And, and so I would put it in there. Some of the things that aren't great, which I thought were good before, are granola bars, fruit snacks, or popcorn. You forget that people on the street don't have dental care, so those snacks aren't great for them. But yes, it is harder to carry around bananas than granola bars. Actually, in wintertime, having men's socks in your purse <laughs> or backpack if you're a man isn't actually a terrible idea if you're walking around city streets. Kalo has seen other people be creative as well. It was the day after the March for Life, and I was at St. Matthew's Cathedral in D.C., and there was a woman who told me that her jacket had been purchased by one of the priests at the cathedral. I do remember, too, that she had um, a Save the Storks scarf, and I had seen some kids left over, probably college kids, left over from the march, and one of them had given it to her, obviously. Sometimes pro-lifers are accused of not caring about life. This is all, all part of the same picture. And so I loved that story because it was, yeah, we care about the unborn, we care about the person in front of us, which is what we're called to. <laughs> yeah. And don't be afraid to offer something you have that is a bit on the odd side. This man at St. Francis Assisi Church, I used to see him all the time right by Penn Station in Manhattan. One day he asked me for money and I think I didn't have money. And sometimes, sometimes I do have money and so I'll give a dollar, but something else. And I, it was a Friday in Lent and I had like a hummus wrap, hummus and veggie wrap, I think. I said, would you like the sandwich? And he looked and he said, well, yeah, actually I would. So he sees me a couple of weeks later. It was a couple of weeks later, not even a couple of days later. And he says, you know, you gave me that sandwich that day. And I got to be honest with you, I was a little scared at first because <laughs> I've never had hummus and I didn't know what it would be like. <laughs> and so then he said, I found it refreshingly refreshing something like that Catherine has a book out now it's called a year with the mystics and it's quite delightfully bound and pleasant to pray with well that's all for today folks 
take care of each other and stay away. It's amazing that we get to live. (laughs) I'm always marveled. (laughs) If you like what you've heard today, please support this project by sharing it with your friends, subscribing to Made for Love on iTunes, writing a review, or commenting on the show notes at marriageuniqueforareason.org. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and all those things. This is essentially a one-woman production, so yours truly did everything, except for the theme music, which is composed and produced by Michael Taylor. And then the new music is from First Com.